Before we get started today, we have a message from our sponsor, 3BR Distillery. 3BR is a producer of unusual craft spirits featuring a kitschy, Slavic punk tasting room in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Gorovka spirit, made from peas, is an homage to a family recipe secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Visit 7 Main Street in Keyport for more. Comics. This is Mike. And that's Matt. And we, we read, read comics. comics. Today, we are back at the stash as we always are, and we are talking about something what I would consider to be very unique. Certainly something that I have never read, something that I didn't even know existed in this form. This is, uh, this is something that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, this is Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Now, before we get started on this, yeah, let's I have it. to tell you a little bit of a story. Go. Um, so, back when Comic Book Men was first in its infancy, it's our first um, season, we're getting a lot of hate for, oh, Comic Book Men, you guys are all, you know, it's a penis party and yeah, the whole nine <laughs> yards. Jesus. And I was like, oh, my God, we, we got a lot, lot of hate. Yeah. And um, there was this one woman, uh, her name is Heidi McDonald, and she's, she's a very, she's a feminist woman. Right. She's a feminist person, and... You know, she's got her opinions, but she did this entire article that was like bitch slapping uh, the toxic fanboy. Everything. Oh, God. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, and, and, but I'm reading it, and um, then I, I go down, and it's she says that um, one of the most egregious places, you know, is Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. And I'm like, I have, I don't do that. Yeah. That's that's not. You come into the stash, you you're not. That yeah. it's not there. Yeah. And she said that she talked to somebody who said that, you know, in the 10 minutes that they were here. Oh, God. That they, you know, um, they witnessed um, casual misogyny, um, acute misogyny. Uh, they <laughs> What's saw, the difference? <laughs> saw gay bashing. They saw, and, and I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm surprised they didn't see someone, you know, walking around with, you know, a swastika on their arm oh, or something like that. I was God. like, but it it was all like, oh my God. And this is just one person who's saying all this stuff. And I don't care if, unless you're at like a, you know, Nuremberg trial or something <laughs> like that, you're not going to get all this shit all at once. Yeah. I was like, holy Christ. And I'm like, and first off, it didn't happen. Right. And she quoted that person and it was from a Reddit article. Ugh. God. So I was like, First off, Reddit. Right. Okay, so I, I get on there, and we were, I, this is back when uh, Ming and I were still doing I Saw right. Comics. So we invited her on, and unfortunately, it was a snowstorm, so she couldn't get down. And we were like, well, She we actually can... accepted the invitation? Well, she sort of did. Yeah. She's like, well, if it wasn't snowing, I'd come down. We're like, we can, you can call in, we can yeah. do it that way. Well, la da 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 and um, so I'm. We're we're going back and forth on Twitter, and I said, unfortunately, you know, and I'm I'm just being passionate about. It. I'm like, not I had no screaming, no cursing, no right. nothing. I'm just like, how can you use Reddit as, you know, you, you say you're a journalist, but you're using Reddit as one of your you know facts. Yeah, and that's it, that is the least fact filled place in the world, and uh, so we were going back and forth, and 
who jumps in? But Steve Niles is like, who's this asshole? Who's <laughs> like, hey, Heidi, uh, you know I've got your back. Who's this piece of shit? You want me to go and kick his ass? I'm like, excuse me. I said, I'm. we're having a... yeah. We're having a discussion here. I said, I don't understand why you come in all hot and bothered. I said, you know, and I defended Steve Niles. I'm not a big fan of his stuff. Right. I did like this, but I'm not a huge fan of his writing. Yeah. He's a guy who had one really good idea. I was going to say, I've never even heard of him before reading this. Really? Yeah. He did 30 Days of Night. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Then, so then I have heard of him, I guess. You've yes. heard of him, but yeah. yeah, you're like, never moved to read him. Right. <laughs> uh, so, and he starts cursing at me. And he just starts on Twitter, and he's like, "You're a piece of shit." How you know? And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm like, "Excuse yeah. me." Well, Twitter's you un- always been a cesspool, anyway. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, "You uncouth ruffian!" And I, I did that on purpose. And he's like, "Fuck you!" I had to come down there and fuck you up. I'm like, "Sir, I have no idea." I, we were having a discussion. Yeah, this was a free flow of ideas, and this is what this is called discourse. Now yeah. you're coming at me. I said, who do you think you are? Yeah. I said, I don't care. I said, you're you're a, a one-hit wonder. Right. I said, and and you're, he's like, I don't even know who you are. I'm like, I don't care if you don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. I said, you're a one-hit wonder. And he's like, well, you're you're a guy who's on a TV show that sucks. I'm like, well, then you do know who I yeah, am. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, then then we're on equal footing. And yeah. then he blocked me. Oh, what a, um, and he's, and what a petty. I was like, whatever, that's yeah. perfectly fine. And you know what? That's, like I said, he's... Yeah. he's it's, like, it's like Jack Sparrow. It's like, but you have heard of yes, me, Yes, but right? you heard of me. <laughs> yes, and I was like, okay. And it, it, it just... And I had talked to her, God, not even a year ago. Yeah. And it was really funny because... Uh, no, it was a little bit over a year ago. And I said, oh, my God, hey, McDonald, how are you doing? I said... Steve Niles still doesn't talk to me because of our discourse. She's like, oh, that wasn't really him. And I, I went on it. He still, he still blocked me. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, he blocked yeah, it probably me. probably is. Yeah, probably like, is. like, no, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. I'm like, sure it was. Yeah. But you know, it's funny, too, that you say that because I, it, it reminds me a little bit, your, your comment specifically about, like, journalism. So I don't know if you know this, right? I was an English major in college. Ooh, and I, I, I wanted to be a journalist. And my my inspiration for that was Ben Urich. Like, okay, I just like I always found his character to be so awesome. Like, yeah. I just loved his, you know, and and I loved the fact that you could you could have a character like that that wasn't like you know like an April O'Neil, right? Who was just kind of played for the mm-hmm. damsel in distress, you know, and things like that. But he was like a really fully formed character, you know, and, and all of that. And um, but when I got to the you know closer to graduating and started like really seriously looking at jobs and like careers and trying to figure things out, I got so disillusioned by it because it was you know at least in terms of a lot of the major media outlets like it's not journalism anymore right everything is slanted everything has an agenda right like everything is editorialized in a certain way to fit whatever it is to get you know and this is even before right like the 24-hour news cycle was really just becoming a thing like at Mm -hmm. this point it was even before social media when everything was just like clickbait so it's only gotten worse since then you know Uh, but yeah I was like very disillusioned by it and like you know now now it's a very different world because social media is allowed for lots of other independent news outlets and it's a lot easier to find you know news outlets but like at the time i was just like i was like man i was like this isn't journalism this is bullshit i was like i don't want to do this like, i, I want to like write i want to actually do investigative work like not write what somebody tells me to oh and expose know? daredevil's right. secret identity for god's sake <laughs> right don't you guys know <laughs> come on yeah and th- that just, it was just so funny i was like all right whatever yeah uh, but <laughs> 
But I had defended him uh, because um, Ted Adams, who um, was the head of IDW, he was yeah. the president, he he slammed us. And this was – and I, I was doing a lot of defending of uh, comic book men. I'm like, yeah. come on, everybody. You know, I was fighting all yeah. comers. <laughs> uh, but Ted Adams had a tweet, and he didn't tag us. And that was – that to me is like if – if you're going to come after me, have the balls to do it. Right. You're going to come after me. Show me your face. Yeah. And it's weird for me. Maybe I'm just not as close to it as you are, but, like, I wouldn't expect the criticism to be, like, misogynistic and, and, and all that. Like, I would expect ridicule, like, oh, fucking nerds, you know? Like, but it's surprising to me to hear a lot of the, like, nowadays, it's a little mm-hmm. bit less surprising, right? right? Because, you know, there there is really such a thing as, like, toxic fandom. But back when you guys were just first starting out on that show, it surprises me to hear that, to be honest. No, there was, it was a lot. And yeah. uh, Ted Adams uh, didn't tag us, and he went on Twitter, and he's like, hey, can we start a GoFundMe to get, comic book men taken off the air and i'm like oh what yeah and uh, yeah so and he he didn't even like hashtag comic book sucks or hashtag mike zap six and asshole or hashtag ming chen right you know whatever yeah (laughs) it's short (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but i I, and i was and this is like a month before and i'm like this you know, this son of a bitch who's coming after us. And he he had done this whole thing. I was like, hey, it's IDW's 10th anniversary, and here's all the people who made it great. And they didn't say Steve Niles because <laughs> Steve Niles put them on the map with uh, yeah. 30 Days of Night. Right, right. So I was just like, and I, I'm like, you know, he kind of whitewashes the whole thing about Steve Niles. Steve Niles, these guys were literally nothing. Yeah. And then this, it was the little comic book that could. Right. You know, prices went up. Not like Walking Dead. And, I mean, it was a novel concept. 30 Days a Night. A, a place that, you know, had the yeah. sun go down for 30 days. So vampires, why wouldn't they turn that into yeah, like their totally. grounds? But, and I said he, he completely, you know, covered up Steve Niles's you know, contributions to his, his company. So I think that's a, you know... You know, kind of fucked up. Yeah, Yeah. what a jerk off. And, you know, I I called him out on it. And then a month later, Steve Niles blocks me and, you know. (laughs) He can't win. I can't win. I know. It's it's like, (laughs) holy shit. You know, and and like I said, I wasn't going after. Right. And I think that I I even, like, bookmarked that thread. So it's someplace (laughs) in, like, my archives. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, if anybody comes after me. Yeah, Twitter's one of those things. Yeah, Twitter Twitter never forgets. Those posts stay they there do, they forever, do. which we've learned from seeing other people. It's like, oh, he, he tweeted this 10 years ago, and he's yeah. that's okay. Like, it's calm down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. All right. Well, yeah. Um, but this was, um, for me, it's, it's less about Steve Niles didn't write this. Right. Steve Niles adapted this. Right. Which is cool. So um, this is, to me, something incredibly special in the annals of comics because I am a huge Richard Matheson fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know his pedigree. Not aside from this, no. Okay. Richard Matheson uh, wrote I Am Legend back in the 50s. Right. And this, uh, it got made into three separate movies. Mm-hmm. Um, first one was Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was the Omega, the Omega Man with Charlton <laughs> Heston. And then uh, I Am Legend with Will Smith. I've never seen I Am Legend, oddly enough. With Will Smith? With Will Smith, it's but I've seen the other ones. Awful. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, That's awful. one of the reasons why I've never seen it. Yes. Uh, but this, 
Richard Matheson also did um, a lot of Twilight Zones. I mean, right. He also he did uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Yep. He did um, just. I mean, there's a bunch. He created Shack the Night Stalker. Okay, I've actually heard of that. Yes, Shack the Night Stalker with Aaron McGavin, the father yeah. from Christmas Story. Yep. If you ever get a chance, watch the original television, the the made for TV movie. Scary as shit. Really? It really is. For a made-for-TV movie, yeah. you're like, holy Christ. This is, <laughs> ah! um, there, there are some jump scares. There's, yeah. It's some legitimate scares. Uh, but he um, he calls these creatures who, you know, come back from the dead. Right. Um, he calls them vampires. This was the birth of the cinematic zombie. Right, exactly. So I Am Legend, it's... This gave George Romero the idea to, you know, and this changed pop culture forever. I can definitely see that being the case because, I mean, even even now, it's like the story still holds up. Oh, yeah. Because as many times as we've seen adaptations or things influenced by this, you know, this idea, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic thing, the Survivor-type mm-hmm. series, right, none of them take this path that this book eventually takes. That's honestly one of the reasons why the Will Smith movie is so terrible because they they kind of ignore almost everything about mm-hmm. the book and just go like full zombie apocalypse thing and don't give you much more than that, yeah. you know. Um but yeah, I mean this was I've actually never read the original book. I probably I assume you probably have, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually read the original book, but I knew I had a pretty good understanding of what it was. So how how faithful of an adaptation from the book to this is it? Because it seems like it's pretty... Very. Yeah, that's what it's, I thought. It's very. And um, I think that... Um, let's let's give yeah. the people a little bit of background. I'm going to let you go because you're the one who read it, so... Yeah, no, totally. So in, the, in, this, in this book, um, which I have to say, one of the things I loved about it is that this to me was like a graphic novel. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute, but it's all about the essentially last human being on mm-hmm. Earth, Richard Neville. Um, there has been this more or less apocalypse type event. People getting sick, and you know nobody really kind of knew what it was. The term vampire, like you said, was thrown around, and you know in the past there was the, the obviously there was the the scientific side of it, mm-hmm. and then the religious side of it. Right, you know it's the second coming, it's demons, blah blah blah. But Richard Neville eventually finds out by doing some own science, some of his own scientific research, that it is in fact based on like a germ, a bacteria mm-hmm. um, that is infecting people. But the the unique thing about it is that while again it is vampires, they're t- in two different ways, and he eventually ends up learning that there are more or less two different breeds or you know races, whatever you want to call them, of these vampires out there. Mm-hmm. Ones are the ones that were actually dead and kind of came back to life, so the true, like, you know, undead. And these other ones that are still alive, essentially. The right. germ has mutated them more or less in a different way. So while they have a lot of the a lot of the same weaknesses that a traditional vampire does, they retain a lot of their intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually for all of their intelligence really. And what you end up learning, the big twist, which is like still just awesome is that they are basically like trying to rebuild society but just for them because they're the dominant species now as far as Richard Neville is concerned as far as he knows he's the only human left yeah. alive and it eventually ends up with um him uh being you know he's he's he ends up in the in the prison cell <laughs> at the end and they're uh they're bringing on the new world yeah which i think is pretty 
fucking awesome. It's, it's so just, awesome. It's, it's really so awesome. smart and well done. And the art. Let's talk about the art for a minute. I loved it. Like, it was so different. Elman Brown, this is the only thing I have ever found that he's done. Mm-hmm. And this was done for Eclipse uh, back in the day. And uh, Eclipse was, uh, they're the people who gave us Miracle Man. Yeah. Or, yeah, Miracle Man. Um, started off as Marvel Man, but <laughs> right, then yeah. became Miracle Man. <laughs> Everybody's they, got Marvel in their name at some I know, point. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, he, I am Marvel. Um, <laughs> but uh, Matheson, his take on just that, when you think about it, um, which is insane how much of pop culture he has influenced yeah. just with this. This uh, probably one of the uh, inspirations for Stephen King to, pardon me, to uh, to write The Stand. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yes. Um, it's one of the... Uh, I'm, like I said, it, adapting this was uh, Steve Niles did a, uh, a credible job adapting this as you know from right. the short the story material, into yeah. this. And if if you ever get a chance, watch the Last Man on Earth because it does cleave very closely to this. Okay. But the funny thing is that you're like the Last Man on Earth, and you've got Will Smith, all three people playing Robert Neville. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith, you know, manly man, and then you've got Charlton Heston, you know, I'm I'm the guy who does this, and you know, I am the Omega Man. And then you've got Vincent Price, who is clearly like, "Hello, everyone," you know. Well, that's why this story. I'm pretty effete. <laughs> that's why this story is so cool to me because it's you know in, in the beginning when you you learn and, and they they do it very subtly, right? Like in this, it, one of the, which is one of the things I love about this book. But in the you you, you learn that. He's not only that Robert Neville is not only just kind of surviving, right, and found a way to survive, and by mostly you know avoiding them, right, and kind mm-hmm. of he, you know he, he uh, uh, barricades himself in the house at night, right, mm-hmm. as protector, whatever. But during the day, he's out murdering them in their sleep. Yeah, you know, like the one, the one I think it was like I was like I left with forty five steaks today, right, came back with none, right, and he's out there murdering them in their sleep. So that's when you think about a guy like Vincent Price. It's like that is totally believable because he's not out there, you know. Two guns at the right. at the hip, right, shooting down and kicking down doors and stuff. He's sneaking up on them in the middle of the day while they're in their comas <laughs> and just poof, little little you know little mallet to the, and, then, and like that's it. It doesn't require big muscles or big man things. It's gotcha. just a little a little tap. But that <laughs> oh, that's funny as hell. I never really thought about that. It's like you know, uh, Vincent Price. Do you, do you think Vincent Price did that? Like just. Not in this, yeah. but like in normal life. <laughs> he just went around, hey, anyone in there? And, just, and murdered them in their sleep. He looks so. like the kind of guy that could have yeah, done that. Probably, yeah. And it looks like the kind of guy who should have been doing right. that for his entire life, for God's sakes. <laughs> but yeah, like so the, the art you were saying here, I think the, mm-hmm. the art is what really brings us to life because this, for for me, felt like a, like an actual graphic novel, right? Yes. Because I mean, you know, by design, there's not a lot of dialogue because for most of the, most of the story, it's just him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, nobody else to to talk to except right. for himself. But there's not a lot of like you know, there's kind of equal parts telling of the action from the pictures and also the story. Like like the the words feel like you are reading a novel. It's that kind of descriptor. Then there's pictures, you know, obviously just throughout, mm-hmm. and not it's not every single step of the way you you get things. And it's just it's very cinema uh, cinema. 
<laughs> I was gonna say cinemagraphic. Cinema- not not a word. Cinemagraphic is that the word? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I made I made it up. You're a damn yeah. journalist, so yes, <laughs> I made it up. Um, but but yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it's it's it it feels like you're cinematic. Kind of, yeah, cinematic. Cinemagraphic. Jesus. Cinematic. I, I like cinemagraphic cinematic. better. <laughs> it's cinemagraphic. <laughs> Oh God! Um, but yeah, like it—it it, it really felt like I was reading a true graphic novel. I haven't read something like that in a while. Yeah, there, you know what? I'm trying to think of uh, what are we gonna do next. Um, this was really—it's unfortunately out of print now. Yeah, and it's—it's it's tough to find. I don't even know if it's on Comicsology, which is going onto Kindle now. Ew. Yeah, they're folding it into yeah. Kindle. So I don't know if I like yeah. that. Uh, well, it's, it's IDW, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. long out of print. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say that. I mean, IDW is still, they're still pumping stuff out. I mean. Yeah, no Ted Adams, though, because yeah, I got him fired. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I feel like it's only a matter of time before, especially because I, I, I've heard some some rumors that they're making a sequel to the Will Smith movie. Oh, my God. Um, which, yeah, I also terrible idea, I'm sure. Um, Maybe they can call it I am terrible. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was just the, the movie was so it, it it takes only the core concept of him being the last man on earth and then just that's pretty much the only similarity. From what I understand, the only good thing about it was that they there was a movie marquee that had the Superman Batman. Yes, that's one of the only yeah. cool things about it because he's driving through Times Square, right? And like they they have the character of Ruth in there, mm-hmm. but she's also a survivor and she has a kid and it's a whole like no, he sacrifices himself to save her at the end and it's like he's got the cure and blah blah blah. It's very much more like a standard zombie movie fare as opposed to the really cool twist gotcha. you get in this movie. And of course all the the monsters are totally brainless. They don't say a word. They and they, and they're they're all in like ragged clothes, right? And they have that standard kind of zombie mob mentality feel. They're climbing over cars and right. jumping on things. You know, it's just it's just very blah. Very blah. <laughs> yeah. Well I I don't know if you ever and I don't know if you've ever seen uh, World War Z. Yes, I have. Okay. I have very mixed feelings about that movie. I, you would have more mixed if you ever read the book. Did you read the book? No, I didn't know it was based on a book. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Yeah, based on, based on a book by Max Brooks, who is Mel Brooks's son. No shit. Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft's kid. No shit. He's a, he's a very talented author. Yeah. He did the, uh, the Zombie Survival Guide. Too. Okay. So he wrote that, and then he wrote World War Z. And World War Z is... It's so much to it. They didn't have like the zombies who could like turn into a fist and punch people or right. whatever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't, didn't they ramp up and? Then, yeah, and, like it was. It was too. The the zombies were almost like overpowered. They were like, like driver ants. Yeah, like yeah. and and they and they were, yeah. The driver ants is the best way to describe it, right? And they were. Um, it, it was too. They moved like it. It 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 makes it hard to. When they call them zombies, right? It you you have a preconceived notion in your mind, right? Because of you know years of George Romero movies and just other zombie movies, right? You know even The Walking Dead, right? The zombies are yes, there's the the horde mentality, right? But they're generally kind of slow moving, mm-hmm. right? You know, and just and they and and they they win by their sheer numbers, and it's like or you know sneaking up on people, but like their bodies are decaying, they're dead, right? And the zombies in World War Z just felt like they were superheroes, you know, mm-hmm. like just the, the way they were how fast they ran and they could run up walls and shit. It just it was it took a lot out of it for gotcha. me. And that's where you get this from. Right. This is this guy 
Richard Matheson, he's the one who he influenced The Walking Dead. With without yeah. him, there would be no Walking Dead. Yep. So Yeah, that's absolutely true. And Walking Dead also phenomenal and uh not a one trick pony. Yeah. Robert Kirkman. Uh he can he can actually write and uh yep. and a really nice guy too. I got to meet him. You once. met him before? Yeah. yeah. I like his stuff too. Yeah. One of the one of my favorite things about this story though was the you know, even before you got to the twist of the society was how you get there with the character of Ruth mm-hmm. and like his you get to in this in this book you get to go through Neville's entire thought process of is she isn't she should I trust her what do I do if she is right and then you and it's and it's funny because you really get to like you really get to see like what it would be like to be him in that environment because he has all those musings of like you know he's like I don't even feel like I should be attracted to her, but am I? I don't know, because she's a woman and, like, whatever. And then he eventually kind of gives into it, mm-hmm. but he, he, he explicitly says how he's not thinking about it, mm-hmm. which is, like, you know, again, not something you normally see in these types of movies. Normally, if there's a male and a female character, there ends up being some sort of forced, of you know, attraction just because it's Hollywood and, and whatnot. But this, you don't get it. But it, when it does eventually come, it feels very natural. And then, like, three pages later, she's knocking him over the head with the yeah. with the fucking mallet, you yeah. know, like... <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines, actually, though, one of the reasons she is my favorite is because... She tells the story, um, you know, the, to get him to believe her, right, that, you know, her husband had just – they had been living with her husband. Her husband just died, and she had been wandering on her own until she found mm-hmm. him, blah, blah, blah. And when she kind of came clean about everything, and he was like, but you said you were living with your husband. And he goes uh, – no, she said your husband died. And she said he did die. And she said you killed him. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, that was such a cool line for me because that's one of the dudes that just – which, again, ties all the way back to the beginning – when he would talk about how he would, like, avoid the women, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it was just a – it has, like, this whole thing going on in his head between women and men, which I guess, you know, a product of the time, right, right for the writing. But it just – it works so well in this book. Yeah, and it, it would have been weird if uh, – I, I don't remember him saying anything about kids, which would have been, like, so yeah. weird to bring into it. But Stephen King did when he did Salem's Lot. Yep. They pulled, like, uh, this baby out and – to cook in the sun and it crawled back in and it was like, Oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) And they were, they were, they were just like that. Like, Oh fuck, this is no, there's no way I can do this. Yeah. This is going to be so goddamn tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that was like the problem I had with the, one of the problems, one of the many problems I had with the, I am legend movie is because like they, they kill a dog in the movie and Mm -hmm. like, it's just unnecessary. Like, a dog is his companion, right? And it's like the dog is so cool throughout the entire movie, right? And then he ends up getting bit, you know, um, and he has to, like, kill his own dog to, you know, like, whatever. But it was just, like, entirely unnecessary because the way they handle it in here is so much better where it's not, like, his dog, right? It's a stray dog that he finds and he tries Mm -hmm. to take him. The dog is already infected, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so the the dog just ends up dying on its own, which is a completely different thing. And I I remember watching the movie. Like, I I was already hating the movie, and I'm like, oh, God, this is just, like, even worse. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're pulling your heart out through your stomach. Seriously. Reached in there and pulled it out. And I guess it's like Will Smith has a knack for taking, like, classic uh, fantasy sci-fi type stuff and just shitting all over because it was also with the... uh, the other one he did the with the robots. Uh, oh, I, I, I robot. robot. Yeah, Blah. that movie yeah. was awful. Too. I never saw that one. Yeah, I, yeah I, arguably even worse than I Am Legend. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. then right. two, two I don't have to worry about ever seeing. Hey, I just saved you like four hours. <laughs> Excellent. I'm not going to watch Omega Man again. <laughs> not if I can help it. But I would go back and watch um, The Last Man on Earth. I've never seen it and I want to go. I want to watch. I got to figure out where it's. Uh... I'm sure We're it's streaming, streaming I'm somewhere, sure it probably on Tubi or something. Yeah. They've got a lot of the Pluto. old stuff. Yeah, Pluto, right? <laughs> There's so many Pluto's great got yeah. everything. <laughs> so many great streaming services out there. Um, the other thing I wanted to just talk about with the art too is I loved how there's no color in this, how it's just mm -hmm. pencil and ink. Um, that just really adds to the whole vibe of the story in, in terms of just this kind of bleak world that we live in, right? So just the absence of color and just having pencil and ink throughout the entire book, like, fantastic. Like, it was just, it made me just want to, I, I, I blew through this. Like, it was so good. I think that was something that it's entirely possible. Uh, Robert Kirkman was like, you know what? I'm going to do it in black and white like they did I Am Legend. I so I would I would definitely agree with yeah. that. Yeah. So it, that feels like a very, like, let's, let's make this like an old-timey, you know, 20th century, uh, yeah, like a universal picture. Yeah. You know, like, absolutely. So yeah, I th I thought it was I thought you would like it and I'm I'm glad I was right. Yeah, you 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 always you always give me the best recommendations. Oh, thank you. Um, what are we gonna do next though? Is the question. Oh, that is such a tough thing. Um, what should we do? I'm thinking maybe Starman. Ooh, I've never read Starman. I think you should read. Is Starman. that a, is that a Neil Gaiman? No, no. Starman is um, James Robinson. James Robinson, okay. So I think, yeah, I think you're going to be reading some Starman. I am definitely into that. All right, cool. I always love reading new stuff. This is, uh, it's got so many layers, and you're going to have to, it's it's a not a tough read. Yeah. It's actually, this is, it's, it's going to be a labor of love. Okay. But there's, it is deep in continuity, and if you there may be times when you're gonna have to call me up, <laughs> and I'm I will I will gladly accept your phone call. Um, you're gonna be like, who the hell is this character? Yeah. So um, is it, love it is it in is it in a like is it in Marvels in DC or is starting in DC, DC right? It's okay, in yeah. DC, but it's in um, his father. He takes up the mantle of Starman, and his father was the original Starman who was a member of the Justice Society. Of gotcha. America. So you're gonna get a lot of that. So it's like that era. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm so into that. I love I love reading new stuff, especially especially when it's DC, just simply because I don't read as much DC often, so I'm always oh, interested cool. in trying some some new stuff. Yeah, this is gonna be good. You're gonna love it. Excellent. I can't wait. Um, well, anything else you got on this? Nothing. I, just if you can get it, uh, I would recommend picking up that physical media, folks, and uh, checking it out for yourself. Uh, I mean. Otherwise, you know, certainly go to, yeah. you know, Kindle or Comixology or whatever the hell it's called now. But yeah, I'm sure you can find it like yeah. that. I, I can see you've got you've got some wear. You've yeah. read you read this read I this one. It's yeah. well loved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, well, I had a great great time as always here at the stash doing uh, these episodes with you. So next time we'll be doing Starman. Starman. Very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm Matt, and I'm Mike, and, and we, we read, read comics. comics.